Welcome to the South Mims U podcast and in this episode we're going to talk about clutter, mess, stuff and the recent obsession with decluttering our homes and lives as epitomised by the rapid rise to fame and fortune of Marie Kondo. She's the epic tidy yupper who says that every object in your home that doesn't immediately spark joy in your soul needs to be chucked out. Well, it's a compelling idea in a world that's hooked on consumerism, but is it all that it's cracked up to be? And what are the downsides of all this obsession with neatness and minimalism in our homes and even our minds? With me is Cornell Caldwell, our reader in Clutteronomics, or Messy Studies, or The Philosophy of Untidiness. Uh, Cornell, you can't seem to decide on what to call your subject. There's no neat definition. <laughs> oh, I see, right. Uh, good joke. No, no, that wasn't a joke. There, there, there is no neat definition to what we study. OK, so what do you study? Well, a jumble of things. Are you sure you're not joking? No, no, I'm not joking. Sorry, sorry, do you want a joke? I can do a joke if you want. No, no, carry on. OK, well, well, forgive me if I don't talk in straight lines. You see, the point of our work is to look at how human beings thrive. And the thesis we have is a simple one. They don't thrive in a minimalistic environment. They thrive on clutter. Actual clutter, you know, stuff all over, piled up, one thing on top of another, crammed into corners, you know? Like this office? Like my office, sure. I mean, there's hardly anywhere to sit. Yeah, I, I do that deliberately. Why? Well, I don't want people to spend too long in here. It, it stops me working. Right, and your desk, I mean, it's like, are you a hoarder? I, I am not a hoarder. In fact, I have a report from a psychiatrist that says I'm not... Um, now, it's it, 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 uh, here somewhere. Oh, oh, there it is. See, see that? That pink bit of paper. Where? Uh, under the elephant tusk by the stuffed dodo. This one? Yeah, yeah give it a tug and, and you can read it. OK. Oh, don't worry about all that. That The mess might yet yield a Nobel Prize. What? I don't understand. I'll, I'll explain in a second. Now, now, here, see see what it says there? This man is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, that's what the doc said. But, but I, mean, I meant here. Read, read that line. He sees beauty in clutter and genius in mess. He is the sanest man I've seen in a decade. You see? That's a clean bill of mental health if ever I saw one. It's not so clean. What are these stains on it? Oh, uh, numerous cups of coffee. Oh, oh no, that's whiskey. Oh, actually, bourbon. Oh, there's an idea. No, no, we don't drink during podcasts. It's against the South Mims U Charter. Oh, sure. I, I had a copy of that, but I I've lost it. Right, so let's talk about clutter. Ah, well, I refer you back to my comment on Nobel Prizes. Ah, yes. What did you mean? Some of the best minds in science were messy minds. One example was Alexander Fleming. The man who discovered penicillin. The man who discovered penicillin, yes. And how did he discover it? Oh, that's easy. By mistake. Every school kid knows yes, that. Yes, because he was messy. A real slob. I see. There's creativity in clutter and disorder. It's the sign of a dynamic mind. There's a quote from Alfred Einstein. I, I know, I know. There's always a quote from Alfred Einstein. Uh, isn't it Albert Einstein? What? Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Albert Einstein. He said something like... Ah, I have the original word framed on my wall. Um, oh, well, somewhere. Uh, can't remember behind which bookcase it is. Anyway, he said, if a cluttered desk was the sign of a cluttered mind, then what is an empty desk the sign of? 
You see? Clever. Well, he was Albert Einstein, after all. So the whole Marie Kondo thing is... Bad for human creativity, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have nothing against Marie Kondo. She's a lovely, highly intelligent Japanese lady with a passion for her idea that we should all lead simple, clean lives free from mess and clutter. I just think she's wrong. And I believe she's being used by the capitalist system to... Well, this may sound counterintuitive, but her ideas will lead us all to buy more stuff. But she says we should throw it all out. Yeah, we buy her book, we watch her Netflix show and subscribe to it, and then we sit in our decluttered homes for a while and feel pure. For a while. And then we crave more stuff. But because we've thrown just about everything we ever owned out, because Marie told us in her Marie method, we have to rush out and buy more stuff. And the cycle starts again. So it's a ruse. I prefer to call it a plot. It's a plot and a ruse. Whatever word you use, it's going to end up making us spend more money and buy more stuff. And think about all the stuff you threw out. Where did all that go? To the charity shops, the Goodwill centres, to... To landfill and recycling depots where there's too much recycling so it secretly goes to landfill or finds its way into the sea. And the great rubbish patch in the Pacific gets another island, the Condo patch, which moves around into the Atlantic and all the fish start reading Condo's books, but there's nowhere else to chuck the stuff. Uh, I didn't quite follow that, Cornell. Sorry, sorry, sometimes my sentences get messy. So... What you're saying is that the fad for tidying up condo style and for living a minimalist life is just a fad which uh, the consumer culture is using not only to sell merchandise linked to Marie and the minimalist movement, but also to encourage people to dump what they have so they eventually have to replace it all. Very neatly put. That's it exactly. Your contention, then, is that this not only makes us spend more, but it makes us intellectually poorer. Isn't that right? It is. You see, like I said, some of the best minds are messy minds. Mess introduces serendipity to creativity and innovation. Google discovered by accident, and you'll find lots of stories about things we take for granted that were discovered in messy environments. And also you'll find writers talking about how they got an idea because of the mess on their desk. How does that work? Well, they're looking at, for instance, uh, a newspaper clipping, and, and it's on top of an old receipt, which is next to a book, which has a picture sticking out of its pages that you use as a bookmark. I don't follow you. But there's an epic story right there if you look. Oh yes, juxtapositions, randomness, sparks of creativity, that kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of thing. There was a great book which came out in 2006 called A Perfect Mess, The Hidden Benefits of Disorder. It was by Eric Abrahamson and David H. Friedman. They showed that invention comes from disorder because, and I quote, the mess randomly juxtaposes and alters the system's elements and rotates them to the fore where they're even more easily noticed leading to new solutions. I see. And neatness? Well, neatness, in their words, tends to limit novelty and the unexpected and sweeps them aside when they occur. So you're less creative when you're neat? Yeah. I, I don't mean just a little neat, sort of comfortably neat, but really neat. Deliberately neat. Neat for the sake of neat. Uh, the outcome that Marie Kondo and her imitators want you to achieve? Surely. In fact, I have proof. Okay. Antoinetta Montepulciano, our leading specialist in interior design, wanted to try and come up with a rival minimalist approach to life to match the Marie Kondo philosophy. She was jumping on the bandwagon, so to speak. Not so to speak, that's exactly what she was doing. It was a straight rip-off, but it had unexpected consequences. Well, at least she didn't expect them, but I did. What happened? 
I'll let her explain. I interviewed her in her very empty apartment about what she called her ristretto method. Now here's what she told me. Ristretto is a coffee, the essence of a coffee. It is a minimal coffee. You have a small cup, a small amount of the best coffee, and you drink. Ah, a single shot, a single hit, simple. This was my inspiration. Do the same with your life as you do with the ristretto. Find the essence of it and enjoy it. Simple, minimal, pure. So I get rid of my books and my furniture and the technology and the carpets and even the bed. None of these things were pure. They were clutter. They got in the way of my ability to taste life, to really taste it, like the coffee, the ristretto. Now, my walls are bare, my apartment, it is empty, all except my coffee machine. You want a coffee? No? I have nothing else. And I have no ideas. Nothing. I am lost for words. I cannot write or even think. It's all so empty, so white, so pure. I realize now that purity is Boring! Boring! Porca miseria! What have I done? <laughs> That's so sad. Believe me, this train of thought is going to get worse. And weird. Okay, so maybe she got what she deserved. I mean, because she didn't really understand what Marie Kondo was really doing. Sure, she was attempting to jump on the bandwagon, like you said. But many people jump on bandwagons and most fail but some succeed in the short term. I mean, just look at all the books about living a simple life and how to be minimalistic and how to clean up your life that there are. It's a real industry. Exactly, it's an industry. Capitalism sells us too much stuff, then sells us a remedy for having too much stuff, and then sells us more stuff to replace the stuff we didn't need in the first place. But that's how you achieve the creative mess you're talking about, No, 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 no. You can't just buy your way to a messy life. Though, hmm. That might actually be a good idea. Mess and clutter consultants. Not to clear it, but to achieve it. Mm, that's dangerous. Don't mention it to the business studies department or they'll start pitching it to investors. I promise I won't say a word. Though they might listen to this podcast. No one listens to the podcasts. Oh, that's not true. Oh, that'd be precious. Now, now I, I want to keep this going. We've established that the whole tidying fad is, well, a fad. We've also established that it's bad for human creativity. Disorder, a mess, untidiness is very human. Humans are naturally creative, so too much neatness is bad for humanity. Most people would disagree. No, they'd say they disagree, but in real life, they're naturally messy. We all think we need to be neat and we try to be neat, but few of us are ever really neat. Well, most accountants are pretty neat. That's a bit of a generalisation, isn't it? How many accountants do you know? A few. How messy are they? Not very. I rest my case. <laughs> OK, but that doesn't mean they're any less human. I mean, they feel the same about their families and their loved ones. Sure, sure, sure. sure. But the pernicious thing about the condo approach is that she goes on about throwing out stuff that doesn't spark joy. Even sentimental things like photos and gifts and souvenirs. Even the paintings your little kid does at school. Yeah, it's called sentimental clutter. Right. Sentimental clutter. Think about that phrase for a moment. You're holding a picture of your grandfather and grandmother. They look old and sweet and loving. Now you've got to say, thank you, photo, for reminding me of my sainted grandparents. But you're in an ugly frame and you're cluttering up my mantelpiece, so out you go. 
what? I didn't think you'd actually chuck that across the room. I, I, I did it for effect. Those weren't my grandparents. Right. Well, you made your point very well. I felt sorry for them. They're dead. But the picture, I mean, it could have meant a lot to you. Well, it probably would have, had it not been a prop. But your reaction proves my point. You felt something. Now, Kondo says, even though you feel something, you need to get rid of the photo and let the memory linger. And eventually, that memory will fade away. So what's the point of keeping the photo? Uh, to rekindle the memory, surely. Sentimental clutter. Not just outwardly, on your mantle or on your dresser or the old stereo you still keep just in case you get back into vinyl records. Actually, that's why I do keep it. I, I know, I know. But Kondo says, that's the past. Your chance to do it is over. Chuck the stereo and the grandparents. When you say it like that, it is a very austere approach to life. People who sign up to this hyper-neatness and minimalism want to be free of stuff. That's what they say they want. But really, it's because they're oppressed by the economic system which has forced all the stuff on them. OK, so where does it all lead to? Well, this is the disturbing part. Explain. Not only will people get less imaginative and feel less joy in life and start to become detached from their relatives and their ancestors because they want to live this supposedly simple and clean life, but they're going to start wanting to get rid of the people in their lives too. Declutter their relationships? Yeah. Not just intellectually, but actually. Uh, I don't understand. Our undercover clutter researchers have stumbled on a disturbing new trend. Which is? Neat hitmen. Hitmen? Assassins. That's hardly a new concept, but I, 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 I really don't understand what you mean. In true Conmary style, if you're with a person who does not spark joy and you feel that you want them gone, you can't just tell them to leave, so you have to eliminate them. You're making this up. Listen to this recording. We arranged a meeting with a man who called himself Tidy Mike. I, I know, I know, it's an obvious fake name. But you wouldn't want to tell him that. Not his face, anyway, I can tell you. Anyway, the recording here is a little muffled. That's because my colleague's phone was in his pocket set to record. But here it is. Yeah, it's really catching on, you know, uh, this idea of sentimental clutter. So, like, if your old dad is hanging on and he's making your life, you know, less pure than it should be, or your husband or wife is, you know, not the spark of joy he or she used to be, well, we sort it out for you. We declutter your life for you. But how? I mean, you don't, like, kill them, do you? Well, it's a little accident, you know, a simple overdose, or, or maybe they forget their pills. You know what I mean? And you were inspired by that programme on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, with that Japanese bin. Clever girl. I, I got my wardrobe sorted out right proper. I can tell you, I like a clean house, and in all my shoes in a row, no clutter, just my shoes, all shiny, all in a nice row. So, how much do you charge? Well, it depends on how messy your life is. If it's a small mess, that's one thing. But a big mess, a lot of emotional clutter, more than one person, an entire family perhaps, well, then it'll be expensive. But worth it, no comeback, no evidence, just a neat solution. Horrible. Really horrible. You see where this obsession with neatness gets you? Yes, and I think it's going too far. A world with fewer ideas, less creativity and more murder. 
I would never have thought it would lead to that. Assassination. The neatness craze proves just how messed up we are as a species. It does. And that's a neat way to end this episode. Forgive our overuse of that pun, but, well, we couldn't resist. And it's time to stop recording and ponder our attitude to our complex lives. Something that seems messy might just be complex, and complexity is a good thing. We should address it, understand it, and learn from it. Nothing is simple, nothing is neat. Human life is gloriously messy. Goodbye. Uh... Where's the microphone? I need to switch it off. Oh, it's just next to that pile of files. Uh, oh, thanks.